Today is Saturday, April 18th, 2020. And my husband is back with me today. Hi, husband. Hi, husband. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm just fine. How many bottles of wine do we have open on the table right now? Three. Three. Why are there three bottles of wine open? Well, we are supporting uh, the local wine industry and they have virtual ta- also all the, most of the local winers are having virtual virtual tastings every evening okay and it's really intense on the weekends so we participated in one at 5:15 and then we participated in another at six o'clock so one winery um, was tasting uh, one bottle of wine the second winery was doing a vertical of two wines same varietal two different, different vintages after they tasted three vintages right but we, we didn't just have did two because yeah. we didn't have the third one the old anyway one. i i don't think we could manage four and i think i'm almost maxed out if, to well, be honest if you, let's just be honest all the wine bottles still have wine I, in them I, I, we I haven't knocked these say out that. if you look at the bottles but like la- yeah at least half to two-thirds in each yeah. of the bottles well, we did this left. yesterday and we ended up dumping some stuff down we the did drain, but yeah, because we just can't drink bad. it all well, or I guess you could, but then we would need a liver detox program. So. Yeah, that's true. But we are enjoying these virtual tastings because um, the Virginia wine industry has turned into um, pretty much pick up. You can pick up wines at the winery. You can do shipping or some wineries will do a local delivery yeah, service delivery. within like 20 miles of the winery or whatever. Yeah. So we've been ordering a lot of wine. Like I think we've done between... Uh, four and six cases of wine since we've been doing this. Yes, yeah. and we just—I just got a shipment today. I got five bottles today, so um, we're well into that. Well, but it's a foreign product, and uh, these are industries. These are local, and these are not California wineries. No. These are mom and pop operations, and um, dangling by a thread. Some of them are. So we're just trying to keep these places alive. They're producing um, incredible, incredible products. Uh, but the and ninety five percent of the wines they sell are sold out of their tasting rooms, and they're so they're really hurting because no one's so, going to the tasting rooms. But we've heard um, that the virtual tastings and this encourages the consumer to then order wine and have them shipped. That they have been able to. It's not a hundred percent business, but at least they're keeping the doors open. Right, they're keeping the electricity on. Perform. Yes. yes. They're staying alive, and so they've right. been they've been pleasantly surprised by the response to those. So, and because of that, more and more wineries are doing these virtual tastings. Yes, like the one we did today at six o'clock was the first time they had done one. Yes, and you could tell by their video, poorly done. It was very yes. poorly done, and their the audio was fine, but the video, like the girl had to keep moving the laptop to point it towards the person, and then at the end, we kind of realized, oh, maybe they're doing the six feet um, yeah. distance and thing. Well, so these are winemakers, not marketing managers. Right, that's a good. And these places are out in the rural areas. They don't have the best bandwidth or the best. When we go to a lot of these wineries, you can't even use your phone. Yeah, because they. So they really are having to update and manage the best that they can. And I, I will say there are several that have improved. When this first started, these were train wrecks. Well, this started back but, in March. In like yes, but I mean, when the virtual tasting started, a lot of these were train wrecks because yeah. the wine the winemakers were horrible online. 
you know, as a as a virtual presence, they just right. didn't on have video. It. Yeah, even though we knew them to be very personable, but they were they were nervous here in the headlights. Yeah, but I think a lot of them have come around and they're actually very enjoyable. I think a lot of them have benefited from having a sort of a middleman or an MC or a true uh, a. a Someone behind the camera the host. to kind of get yeah. things a host, yes. Yeah. Now I will that, say yeah. that the one we did yesterday for Blenheim Vineyards, which is the one that's owned by Dave Matthews, um, that was a private tasting for just the wine club members. Yeah. So, like we did, we had a private uh, Zoom conference done, and there were like I don't know what there were like twenty eight wine club members mm-hmm. who were able to get onto this Zoom thing, and we had exclusive time with the winemaker and ask her questions and she was excellent she was very really really good and she expressed being nervous and she was one of the ones last week she just pre-taped her tasting notes yeah and it was bad and it was done in three minutes well it was awful well this week uh, she went live and she was phenomenal but live but a private so that not anyone could just get in there you had to get an invitation it could have been 300 people. Right. It would have been the same. She was, yeah. she was excellent. She was excellent. I mean, so, she was really good. I mean, like, she mastered the, the whole Zoom thing in a Zoom yes. thing in well, a week because she figured out how to put up, you know, share her screen and put up slides. And she answered questions. And then she gave us a lot of information and yeah. showed us pictures of the vineyard. I mean, it was really good. Well, so for business owners, perhaps this opens... When this is done, it opens a different avenue oh, for selling products. You know it does. Um, and it will have to, because I don't know that we're going to be getting back to normal anytime soon. Even when we do. The same level of normal. normal. So this may be, you know, we before all this, we were becoming increasingly dependent on social media and all these other, you know, these online platforms. And I think that's where we're headed you know, we're older, not younger, but I think for a younger generation, this is right up their alley. They've been they've been doing this since they could walk and talk. Well, and our so third maybe this you know because today we actually did three virtual tastings. We didn't do the tasting part of the third one. We just listened in, but that was young. They were young people. And oh yeah, they, and they totally and they were having a blast. They totally had it they together. They were having a blast. Yeah, they were doing the split screen thing. They were posting up questions up on their video. I mean, they they were totally well. That's good. the difference between thirty and sixty. So, yeah, that's or true. Seventy. So, so now, I didn't actually mean for this to be a big discussion about Virginia wines, but um, it's been a week since our last podcast. Yes, and I don't know if you want to talk about the things that you've noticed just recently within the next last day or two with the crazy people in the country. Um, well, yeah, so um, these... Right-wing these people. These protests. Well, you know, it's the same... We see this going on in Michigan, and it's no surprise, it's very intense in states where uh, the governors are Democrats, even though in our local area... Um, in Maryland, the governor is Republican, and so they had a demonstration in Annapolis and in Baltimore. Um, these are not grassroots, uh, spontaneous protests. These are well-funded. Um, Seem to be organized. Organized efforts, and you go to the same cast of characters as the Tea Party, um, Infowars um, is involved in this. Alex Jones is at the one in Austin. In Austin, they were yelling, fire Fauci, fire Fauci. 
In Lansing, they were screaming, lock her up, lock her up. Sounds like a Trump rally, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And it would be interesting to see because these protests have been creating gridlocks. Oh, my God. Around hospitals. Um, well, at the uh, city hall or whatever, the the state capitals. Like, at, well, in Virginia, state capital people. Were, I'm just saying it would be interesting to know or to know where these vehicles are coming. You look at the gridlocks they're creating and you have to think. We live in a fairly progressive area, even though you know, some parts of Maryland are not so progressive. That's true. But well, I would not be shocked if, if you saw license plates from out of the state coming in to participate in this dangerous nonsense. Um, and this is the right-wing ecosystem genning up for November, where they're creating divisiveness, misinformation. Um, I'm sure it's well-funded by you know, Putin. I'm sure they'd love to see Trump in office. But this is these are very desperate and dangerous protests that are going on of course we saw well, because of the florida, guns that they're carrying they're running down the beaches in florida the last time they did this sort of thing they came down with covid and they're dying in the hospitals and i'm, I'm fine with that well that's fewer of them to vote in november exactly but for the rest of us so they're going to go to the supermarket and cough on us or they're going to uh, go to the pharmacy and touch products that's what these people don't really understand. It's not about you. It's about the community. Well, I was going to say, and, and here's another thing, too. You have to admit that there's a good number of people who are discriminating against Asians because they think that they, they automatically think that they have the flu or the, the COVID. And, but, well, so here's the, well, I, no, I've okay, seen multiple news reports about that. But I was going to say today, just today, we went across the street to the little mini mart, and it's run by Asian people. And... Um, Besides the fact that they're charging outrageous amounts of $6 for a roll of um, paper, paper towels, towels. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. But they have it. But they, right, we they did have it. We can't find these right. things. So, so uh, we, we, I paid, you know, $50 for one bag yeah, of But groceries. it's not a puny roll of paper towels. No, it's a big these roll. These are industrial rolls yeah. of paper towels. But anyway. Um, and masks. Yeah, they did. They have the, and gloves. Uh, they have the. They, it had plenty of them too. And Lysol. The N95 and masks. Clorox. So, I mean, they have it. <laughs> okay, let me finish. All right. So they um, they had the N95 masks. We got some more of those, but um, so when we were all done, I paid my money and everything. I wanted to make sure that they understood that we appreciate the fact that they're still in business. One that they're open. So you know, I said thank you so much for doing what you're doing and and being stocked and having all this stuff. And they were like, you know, shaking their heads. Oh yes, yes, very, very, very much. You know that kind of thing. But I, I just, I want them to know that, that we're not, you know, I, I didn't think that they had COVID at all or whatever, you know. I just think that there are some people that think that, that all Asians, because because it came from China. Well, our particular area is progressive, so I don't know that they're getting that flack. I do appreciate appreciate that they're open and they're stocked. I'm just surprised at what they've had. I don't care what they're charging. I'd rather, we can't find it at the supermarket. We can't find Clorox. Right. They well, have granted, it. we still don't need Clorox because we got a gallon at the time uh, we went. Two <laughs> gallons of it. But they have every, eggs, whatever whatever we can't find. Cold cuts. Yeah, they had, they had eggs and cold cuts. And getting back they had to milk these. and They didn't have, like we couldn't buy beef there because it's just a mini mart. But Right. But we, we, got pota- make, we got potatoes. Whatever you need to make. Need to, yeah, potatoes to make a sandwich. They have 
apples, oranges, bananas, whatever you need to get by. Yeah, I don't know where they're getting it from, but the, you know. They're getting back to these astroturfers. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I, I, when this is all done, we need, we will need, and I'm assuming Joe Biden's going to win in November. I, and we can assume crossed. that, but you know. But we, we can't take anything for granted. We will need a process similar to denazification. Yes. Or de-Stalinization. There is a considerable minority of Americans who are part of a dangerous ecosystem of right-wing entertainment masquerading as information. Okay, can I just give a quick example of that? We have Dr. Phil... And Dr. Oz, no, no, Dr. Um, Dr. Oz? Pinsky, Drew Pinsky, um, talking about the COVID virus. They're not virologists. They should not be speaking on this They're at all. They're not epidemiologists. Well, I don't know much about Dr. I don't, Dr. Phil is a psychologist who didn't quite finish his psychology Correct, degree. yes. Dr. Oz is not an epidemiologist and has gotten into trouble for hawking snake oil on TV Dr. Laura is not really a doctor. No, she's not. I don't know Dr. Drew. But it's no surprise that this quartet seemed to have a lot of time on Fox News. Um, so They shouldn't be given this time. But why are they given this time? Because they confirm preconceived biases. Well, and conspiracy theories. And conspiracy or they feed into this. They, yeah, because they feed these into are TV personalities who get extra airtime that they would not get otherwise. Or they would only get it, you know, Dr. Phil um, giving um, uh, superficial advice to the quarter or whatever whatever he does. Oh, no, I don't know what he does. I, I haven't... I don't watch these people. No, I don't either. But, but I see, I see. I saw the article in the Washington Post about them. Why are they on TV? And they're saying the same thing because they well, are. Well, so was it Doctor Phil or Doctor Oz? Both um, of them. It would be acceptable to um, have school children die and see what well, happens. They're or? kind of in that thing about letting the old people die as as um, you know to let the economy right, be so, open as a sacrifice. So this is a part of the political spectrum that supposedly. Pro-life. What about that as pro-life? When human beings are collateral damage because an incompetent president wants to be re-elected in November, why should my parents die? Uh, or your or any, I was going to say, or anybody have you done? Great, just or anyone. For, just that's, because, just for the economy? No, it's not worth it. But that's not a pro-life position, is it? No, but it, they, they, they think that the elder population will, you know... Now, if a pregnant woman with COVID had to have an abortion because her fetus might have some sort of infection or whatever... If she had to have an abortion, they would be having a candlelight vigil for the fetus. Yeah, but the mother right. could die of COVID. Yes, that's true. Toss her to the curb. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. So what else have we experienced this week? Well, Anything? I'm ignoring that. I have to say, I've been on I I have been on a news fast, and that's I am not someone that's who wants true. to put his head in the sand. 
I have been on a news on a news fast for the past three and a half years because I am tired of the nightly news turning Donald Trump into entertainment and describing him as an aggressive president, a combative president, um, a president who is bracing the nation for a dangerous epidemic. I'm sick of this. Well, and this is the other piece of this. The media really has to become more honest. These are these are unusual times. We are being led by a dangerous man, and it's time to be honest. The president is ill-informed. The president is incompetent. Whatever buzzword you need to use to that's, use that yeah. phrasing, that's what we need to know. Turn the cameras off when he is giving false information about miracle cures and miracle pills because they're dangerous. I think I said the last podcast, he was hawking this drug my sister takes for rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. She can't get it. She has to stretch her supply because it's in demand. But she's the first to tell you, if you take the quantities that he, that he suggests, you will uh, you will go blind well, I, and then pro- and die. And people have died. Well, I do think that that's been um, scaled back a bit. But I wanted to bring up the it point that... scaled back. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, in terms of them realizing that it's not the drug for this, the, the, the smart people. Anyway, I was going to say, remember last week, I don't know if we... Um, um, I'm sorry, I'm answering a text message. <laughs> Will do. Um, I can't say we had a, a friend's father pass away from this. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I think I said last time my sister's friend died. Yeah. She was a medical technician who um, worked in dialysis at a hospital. But it's not... She, granted, and then now, now her husband, who's left He's behind, got it, he too, yeah. It. yeah. But here's the thing. Um, people... Like within one hop of us, like an, an an initial family member, we don't. None of our family members currently have it. That is true, and I I think I said before, um, I am very fortunate, and I don't know how this happened, but this year none of my family went to Mardi Gras. Yeah, you already told us that story, I know. and it's true. You're right, and so I think that's you know I think it is the distancing that saved them. They all went to remote areas. Uh, to just get a break. And normally they go to at least one, one Mardi Gras parade or they socialize during Mardi Gras or whatever. And they, or sometimes my parents will go to, will go to a parade, Mardi Gras parade, and then come here. Yeah, that's um, true. And they would have brought it into our home. Yeah. So the planets aligned in our situation and your mom is safe. Yeah. What um, I was going to say was, remember last week Trump was saying, um, I will be the one to decide when the country opens up again. You know, because governors were saying he doesn't have the power. Sure enough, he realized, or someone finally told him he doesn't have the power, and he said, I will leave it up to the governors. And I thought, you know, maybe he finally listened to somebody. He doesn't listen. He has no idea what's going on. But he really the problem is we have some governors who are idiots. But anyway, I want to go back to something that we did talk about. I think we've talked about it for the last two or three weeks. Um, the people walking on the sidewalks. Now, here's the thing. I know we've already talked about this because I, I walk on the sidewalk every day around our neighborhood and you always encounter people who are walking towards you and you always have to decide who's going to walk in the street and who's, you know, who's going to move and who's not going to move. Well, after doing some research this week, after walking every single day this week, I was telling my husband, I said, you know, I've come to the conclusion that people with dogs 
or people with children will not walk in the street. No matter how close you get to them, they will not walk in the street. Only people who do not have children or dogs will will well, you know that, will counter you and walk in the street so that you don't enough. have to. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want a child on the street. But there's no cars on the street. There's nobody's yeah, driving yeah, anywhere. Children could run off or run 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 away. Or I wouldn't want my child on the street. No, I don't. Want, I don't like kids anymore. Well, I, I know. Well. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind the children. I don't mind stepping away from the children or the elderly. Well, I'm surprised because um, some some of the elderly, I, if they'll see me way down the block, they'll start walking the street. I'm like, damn, I wasn't even that close to you. Like, we're, I'm like literally an well, entire block they get from it, you. But I I will step aside for I will step aside for for children and babies and the elderly. I don't have patience with princess joggers who just bought a pair. Oops, sorry. Of, who just bought a, bought a pair of running shoes last week, and you can tell. Because I'm a runner. I've been running forever. I have never in my life gone jogging with the phone in front of my face yes. because I might trip over something, and you lose your pace and your stride. And you can tell because they're, they're not, they are not really wearing... The shoes they wear, I would not wear on a hike through the woods. <laughs> yes. Much less a jog. We live around... Uphill inclines, their knees must be killing them. Well, it's definitely a neighborhood with hills. And they're taking these rapid strides, and the phone is in front of their face. Because they're talking to a friend on FaceTime. They are just spitting and sweating, and they don't care. And they're doing what they have to do because their yoga class has been canceled, or their their Pilates class has been canceled. Those, Those are the ones I have absolutely. No patience for, and I hope they trip over a tree stump or something in the street. Or <laughs> you the mean like when, like when I tripped and broke my phone? <laughs> and, and we have we have are the ones on bikes or on this? We have bike yeah. we have bike lanes, yeah. and they're on the sidewalk on their. Fucking that is bikes. something that drives me crazy. They're on the sidewalk with their bikes, I'm literally, walking. and the the bike lane is like three feet from yeah, where they're. I'm running riding. in the bike lane, and they're on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. So last week, uh, um, we podcasted before. The Pride 48 Happy Hour. Now, for those of you who didn't participate in that, it was a time when um, people got on Zoom when Adam uh, gave us the right um, connection, whatever, and then we were able to see each other and talk about, you know, everybody was drinking something, and then there were some naked people, and now, yeah, I'll have some more 2017. Can you pour it for me? Because I'm talking. Sure, go ahead. So, um, Adam said on his show, he said, oh, Archer likes the um, naked guys. And he's right. I probably did get a little too excited about the people who were naked, but there were some nice naked naked things to look at. Did you, what did you think about the, I know you didn't really care for, you ended up leaving after a while. But. I went, I, well, I was feeling a little, uh, feeling a little sad because um, I, ha- I normally go, I'm normally down in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, and it was family. Easter weekend last and weekend. So I wasn't there with them. And my parents are older. I'm I'm very worried about them. So, so you were a little sad. I ended up not being very festive, and so I apologize for that. Um, and so, but if you had told me there were naked men in the room, that might have pepped me up a little bit. I showed them to you. Durwood was naked, and um, what's his name? Uh, Big Fatty's friend, this tall, skinny guy. Oh God, I can't think of his name. Well, I would Everyone love, is screaming it at the podcast right now. I would love to and see then, the naked um, men. 
um, Country Boy Wes was also naked with his husband. Oh. And they were cute. Let me tell you that well. much. Anyway, um, I don't know about you, but I really had a good time. I mean, I had a great time. I know you said that I ended up drinking two glasses, you two, did. two bottles of you wine. You had two bottles of wine by yourself. I just can't believe that because I, I was not drunk at the end. I don't think I was. But we went until like 2 o'clock in the morning and Daniel Brewer was on there. And I'm trying to think who the people were on uh, towards the end there. Uh, Daniel Brewer and who else? I, I can't remember. Well, then you'll have to have another. I would love it. I want. I hope. Hour, I hope we'll have Adam. To see these people. I hope Adam plans another one. It was so good, such a good time. Now we have pretty much talked about the same things for three weeks in a row, and I was listening to a podcast say on my walk who who was saying, every podcast that he listens to, the only thing people are talking about is COVID nineteen and the coronavirus. And, it is the story of a generation. Well, and I said, to, and I was saying to myself as I was listening, I'm like. This is the story of the day. It, it has affected everyone's lives in every aspect. So, of yeah. course, people are going to talk about that. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, we pretty much sleep until 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, have breakfast, shower, sit around. You play on the computer, on your laptop, and I play on my computer, watch some TV. I go for a walk, think about something for dinner, have dinner, watch some TV, and then go well, to bed. I will say that, but... Well, well, dude, had, well I, you have you had to work too. I, I do say have that, to work. I've been working online, so a lot a lot of what I do is work during the week. Um, and then I give myself some challenges. So I try new recipes, or I learn new cooking techniques. I like to cook. Now that flank steak um, you did, no, yeah, uh, and that was the flank, was steak. flank steak last yes, night. It was and good. I, I did a different marinade and different cooking. A really thin, style. really thin slice. Um, it was good. Yeah, so I, I do that. And then um, I've been um, texting a lot. I think I text my mom all day, Multiple times, day. yeah, multiple times a day. Um, and you text the people at work all the time, too. Yeah, so my colleagues, we've been, keep, we've been keeping threads alive just with just to keep ourselves sane. Yeah. Um, and away from, from work because... But now, here's something that was interesting they discussed. I believe it was on Big Fatty's show. And maybe somebody else too, um, talking about people who are retired. This having to stay at home is is not a huge change because people who are retired are already used to staying home, and this has not come as a big shock. Like I, I'm not bothered by it really at all. It bothers me. I know it bothers you. You you really want to get out of here, but um, for me, I'm I'm used to it because I've been retired for three years. So the same kinds of things that I'm doing for this quarantine I did when I was retired just well I miss my family I I miss my friends I miss my um my hobbies I we miss our social is, time with this, other people this I was given the green light to play tennis again this spring because I've had some um, issues with injuries and I was looking forward to playing some tennis and um the, I was going to try to get back to running at least a, at least one mile. I've been I've been walking. I'm trying to keep up with my walking. But you haven't been able to do either one of those, well, run, the, running the track, or tennis. The the, the track, the Just jogging track, closed. Is closed. Yeah, you said that last week. So and you, it's really difficult to run because you're dodging human All these landmines. People, yeah. <laughs> I tried I tried running my normal jogging track. And I just, I couldn't do it. I, I always had to find some way of dodging somebody. It was difficult. And that's why I'm saying some of these joggers I'm seeing have never jogged based on their behavior. Because 
you know, when, if you run, you're maintaining a stride and consistency. So it's, it was, it's been difficult. So for me, and then I get out every day and I socialize with my colleagues and, um, yeah, yeah, well, you've, I, you've I, had like I'm happy a, hours too with your Zoom happy hours with your colleagues. Yes, uh, Zoom as a platform for for professional um, what do you call it um, collaboration? Co- no, no collaboration. Doing what I have, doing my job on Zoom, teaching has your kids. Been like pulling teeth. Yeah, that hasn't been very good. Well, you tell me, oh, I got to Zoom at 1 o'clock and then like... Well, because nobody says anything. Nine minutes after 1 o'clock, you get I'm these, done. You get these blank... Because <laughs> well, they don't say anything and we're dealing with this. And, um, and you said a lot of them didn't even have... They don't turn their video on. They just see black on, ta- yeah. rectangles. And so they've checked in, but then they walked out of their bedrooms or whatever, wherever they are, their living rooms. Yeah. Um, All right, well, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Anyway. So... um. I know we repeated a lot of things from last week, but you know because the same shit's going on, that's why we're still talking about the same stuff. Well, I will say though, but, I, like I said, I try to find. So when I go for my walks, I I take oh, you're pictures, pictures of now. flowers yeah. and birds and pretty things and share them. Just finding it's it, we just have to stay positive and um, staying um, aware, aware and energetic and being aware of our health. And blocking out the negativity, and that includes blocking out Donald Trump. I know. Let's face it, nothing's going to change until you know, November. You know me. Block it out and vote any way you can. And let's get rid of at least one disease before we can focus on the real disease, the COVID. But we have to get we have to really change. Um, I hope this is gone by November. Our, well. Anyway. The Trump disease has to be gone in November. Oh yeah, he's a he's just a yeah. festering boil. Yeah. Anyway, um, so maybe next week we'll have some different things to talk about. Probably but, um, not. I know, but thank you for being on this episode again with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, so that's all for today, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you all are staying safe and healthy. And until next time, bye. bye. I love you, honey. Love you too, dear.